I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Our motivation is is that we need to show up and, and... play our best baseball uh that that's motivation enough i um we've checked off one of the boxes already and won in the big uh, big 10 championship uh, this past weekend um traveled on monday yesterday was a day off today will be our first day of practice so that's the first order of business is that and that's what this team's been about all year long is just show up and be our best today i mean, I mean it's kind of boring but that that's that's the way that this team has approached it. Um, and our motivation this weekend is that we're going to have a Husker fans out at our ballpark. Um, it's our last home games that are guaranteed um, this this spring. And we need to play well. Um, we need, we're need we playing a very quality opponent, a very well-coached opponent, um, who's going to be fighting for their postseason lives as well. And um, our motivation is, is that we get to play baseball. Uh, these guys love to play. And welcome here to this edition, Memorial Day weekend edition of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett. Robin, it is great to be talking about baseball on Memorial Day weekend as Nebraska baseball wins the Big Ten. Now they have their biggest home series against uh, defending national runner-up Michigan from the 2019 season. They'll come in Haymarket for a three-game series. All the games are at noon um, but you, you talk about just the sports season that was for the men's side of Nebraska athletics. There, there weren't a lot of bright spots, but what Will Bolt has done winning the league, they weren't even picked in the top six. That is the story. And later in the show, we're going to be joined by Lance Harville, one of the assistant coaches, as well as Matt Aldamasi, assistant coach on the basketball uh, team. So we got a great show lined up. Um, but, man, baseball, that, that that's added a lot to this uh, sports season. Well, I mean, when was the last time that the Nebraska fans got to feel good? I mean, genuinely good about a championship season for Nebraska men's athletics. It's been uh, far and few between uh, for this type of deal. And, and for it to come – this quickly. I mean, uh, technically, it's Will Bolt's second season, but this first season was just a, you know, 15 a, games. A throwaway deal. So this was his first true season. And the, the, the progress that they made, not only just with their on the field production, but you can just see the, the culture of this team. I mean, it has got Will Bolt's fingerprints all over it. I mean, his identity of uh, what he wants, you know, the, this program to be, the type of style they want to play, and then uh, just the, the kind of winning attitude, the fact that they find so many different ways to be successful. Uh, I mean, that's, that's kind of the definition of what Will was, you know, when he won four straight conference titles as a player. I'll say this, like Erstad had, you know, he went to regionals three of his four, four final seasons, but just the feel wasn't the same. There just wasn't just, we're going to go for your throat. I mean, it was always kind of a, all the games were really close, white knucklers. I mean, you just never felt like Nebraska was at this level now. And statistically, Mike Mattia wrote an excellent breakdown in his three and out this week on Husker Online. And the numbers don't lie. I mean, when you look at this team compared to Erstad's last year, who was also a regional team, I mean, the numbers aren't even the same stratosphere. Nebraska mm-hmm. is better statistically in everything from pitching, hitting, home runs. Um, you know, they have 50 home runs. 
which is the most in several years, and they're playing a shortened schedule this year. I mean, they're not playing a full um, 56-game schedule, whatever the normal is. So there's just so many aspects about it that this makes it feel better. And I think you go into a regional, I think, now with Cade Povich as your true All-Big Ten Friday arm, feel like you can win a first game in a regional. And I think that was never the case as much um, in previous Big Ten regional teams Nebraska's had. Yeah, and you know, the fact that, again, they, they have so many different components to where they don't, they're not just entirely reliant on their pitching or you know they're not going to just have to put up you know eight to ten runs a game to have a chance to win. They can win in a variety of different ways and have different elements of their team take over on any given day. And that is the formula for how you win, especially in a season like this that had so many curveballs, <laughs> no pun intended, uh, left and right to where, I mean, obviously the the no non-conference season and, uh, you know, the, the no fans to start the year. And then you get fans back and then you're doing pod play. And then, you know, all these different variables that no baseball team has ever had to go through in the stand, from the start to finish of one regular season. And for them to kind of overcome all of that and put together what they did this year, uh, I mean, speaks volumes again for not only the the roster and, and talent that Will Bolton and his staff have put together, but uh, the culture more than anything. I mean, they really have latched on to everything that Will wants this team to be about, and it is shown directly in their play uh, day in, day out on the field. A couple other things. Uh, Bill Moose this week talked on his um, athletic director show, really the final one he'll do um, over the summer months, um, one of the things he also hit on this week, Robin, as a headline is, is ticket renewals. Those were due Monday and they were about at 90 percent, which you know, that's lower. I mean, normally Nebraska generally is closer to 98, 97 um, percent. And, and there's still probably a few loose ends on that number. Um, but we'll get a really good idea about the sellout streak and, and you know where that's at. They'll start a, a seat yourself process or people on a waiting list. And then we'll truly kind of know if the sellout streak is going to happen for Nebraska in 2021. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think a lot of that is, for one, you're getting carryover people that just rolled over their season tickets from last year. So it's kind of a no big no brainer. But, you know, I think there's a lot of people, uh, maybe more than really ever since I can remember, that are truly in wait and see mode to where before they go forward and invest once again in season tickets and, and make that financial commitment they want to know that the product on the field is going to be worth paying for and worth, you know, going through all the, uh, you know, effort, both in terms of spending money and just, you know, going to games to make it worth their while. And, you know, I think that's a real issue. Nebraska, it's not just Nebraska either, but, you know, especially Nebraska with their lack of on-field success, you know, sports in general are having a hard time getting people to come to games. And especially with how much ticket prices are and the, the, the logistics involved with just going to games and, you know, with Nebraska, their fan experience is, uh, you know, probably a lot behind uh, a lot of its competitors in terms of just comfort and accessibility and, and uh, amenities and all that. So, uh, you know, this is a real kind of a important crossroads, I think, for Nebraska to not only have the on-field success to kind of reinvigor the fan base to kind of get that that fervor going again for for buying tickets, but also you know finding different ways to you know keep fans wanting to come to games, spend the money, and then have an experience that is going to at least somewhat simulate uh, the watching on their big screen at home on their couch. You know, and something else, Bill Moose um, was asked this week was alcohol, and you know we hit on we've talked about it with the Garth Brooks show coming up, and 
we are both in agreement that there is going to be alcohol in some way or form in Memorial Stadium for that event for the first time ever. The, the permits, what it looks like, how it's set up, we don't know that yet. Um, but I think we all agree that's going to be there. And Moose said, is any plans further from Memorial Stadium? Number one, he didn't address the Garth Brooks alcohol stuff. And he said there are no immediate plans, but kind of left the door open that, but, you know, that doesn't mean never say never. And I'll be curious just kind of where it goes. The Garth Brooks show, to me, if that happens like we think, that's going to be the first domino. Then maybe Haymarket Park, maybe Pinnacle Bank Arena, maybe football then in 2022, 23. I mean, it will be interesting to see how they would do it with football. Would they start with just the suites and the club levels first? Or could they do full stadium? I, I think this Garth Brooks thing is going to be really telling about the future direction of potential alcohol sales at Nebraska athletic events. Yeah, for sure. I mean, because if it goes swimmingly, uh, then you all, you have a tangible evidence of a, a sold-out Memorial Stadium that served beer. And now you can kind of base plans around that to where there's actual, like, tangible things you can work off of as opposed to just speculation and, you know, fears and, and all that stuff. So this is a really important event. I mean, not only just to for the, the entertainment aspect and the financial aspect, but for stuff like this, because it is going to be that, that first step towards kind of moving into this era of selling alcohol at Nebraska athletics. And, you know, I think that true, like full on sales of alcohol at football games is probably going to be the very last thing that happens. But the good news is for those that are in support of this is that, you know, you have ways to kind of inch forward. Like you mentioned, I mean, baseball's already built to sell beer. Uh, the ba basketball games are already built to sell beer. So, I mean, it is a seamless transition to start with that. And then, you know, again, as you kind of get the kinks worked out there, uh, then you can start incorporating it into football games to where maybe there's one section of the stadium that is sells beer. And then you can kind of expand uh, from there as you kind of get things figured out. So, uh, yeah, this this Garth Brooks thing, like I said, like you mentioned, is, is a really big deal in a lot of ways. But as far as the alcohol conversation, it is the first major domino that that is falling that I think will ultimately lead to full sale, full alcohol sales across Nebraska athletics. All right. We've got a full show lined up here today. I mentioned in our next segment, we're going to catch up with Lance Harville uh, from Nebraska baseball. One of uh, the, the key assistant coaches for the big 10 champion uh, Huskers. Then later in the show, we're going to be joined in studio by Nebraska basketball assistant coach, Matt Abdelmasi. And then um, Greg Peterson and Abby Barmore will come in for our mailbag um, as uh, we'll take questions this week as all of us will chime in. And then finally, Brian Munson will join us to talk recruiting. So a lot of moving parts. Um, we promise it's your best hour of Husker Athletic Radio you're going to find as we're going to cover it all here for you today. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online show as we are full swing into baseball season as Nebraska, as we heard in the open, Big Ten champions. And 
We're pleased to be joined here on the program for the first time. A uh, longtime friend, though, of Husker Online, uh, assistant coach, recruiting coordinator, Lance Harvell, as um, they're, they're back from Indiana and getting ready for this series against Michigan this weekend. But, Coach, first of all, congratulations on getting things wrapped up this past weekend. It had to be exciting just for everybody uh, to, to, to clinch things out at Indiana. Yeah, it was fun. Um, you know, obviously, anytime you have a chance to win a championship and, and get to watch your guys dogpile and kind of see the, uh, uh, the fruits of all the labor and, and the, the payoff from all of the hours and hours of hard work, um, that's always fun. And, and a little bit, you know, it, it's always kind of a mixed bag if you if you do it at somebody else's park versus getting to do it in front of your uh, in front of your own uh, fans and, and ballpark, but. There's, there's a little different element, uh, you know, getting to do it uh, on on somebody else's <laughs> field and when when they're having to sit and, and watch you celebrate. It's, uh, there's, you know, there's something to that too. But, uh, yeah, thank you for having me on, and, and we definitely in, uh, enjoyed it in Indiana this weekend. I got to ask you this, you know, you guys are newer. You're newer to the Big Ten Conference, but they don't put out a full preseason poll. They only put out their, quote, top six. And Nebraska, as we know, was not in the top six. And you know baseball talent. You were in the SEC in the South for a number of years. And you guys have recruited really hard at Nebraska to to build this roster and get it to where you want. When that came out at the start of the season and you're like, man, we're not even in the top six. Either this league is that good or – or um, we've got a ways to go here. I mean, how, how motivating was that at the time for you as coaches, even the players, when you, you, you saw that at the start that people don't really think we're supposed to be very good this year? Yeah, you use you know any edge you can uh, you can get to help motivate the team, and and you use it, you know. And so that was uh, that was kind of an easy one for us. And and I think for us, we've been around the block enough times to know. Uh, you know, preseason polls and all that, you, you take with a grain of salt. Um, and we also knew what we had on our team and, and what it's supposed to look like. And we knew we had some pieces in place uh, to do some damage this year. You, you never know exactly how it's going to work out or, you know, not knowing exactly what anyone else in the league is going to have because we didn't have the benefit last year of, you know, even getting the conference play um, to see, you know, any other teams in the Big Ten. But we knew what we had and uh, and we've been on – uh, championship teams in the past and know what it takes to play at an elite level and, and get through the grind of, of any schedule, whether that's 56 games or just a, you know, like this year, a 44 game conference only schedule. Um, you know, we know what it takes. And, and so we knew that, that we had a shot regardless of uh, what anybody else was saying about us, good, bad, or indifferent, uh, regardless of what kind of odds anybody was giving us, um, we used it uh, as motivation for our guys to have that chip on our shoulder and, and just stay locked in and focused, you know, every single day. Uh, and then being able to, to take that, you know, once the season got here, looking back on it uh, and saying, look, nobody's giving you a shot here. Nobody's, nobody's even put you in the frame. You've got to go earn it every day. You've got to go take it. You've got to go prove to people um, that you are that good. And then when you kind of start getting, you can you can still use that, um, you know, going back when you start to have some success in the season, you can still use it to keep the guys focused, because you can say, look, we we haven't, yeah, we're we're feeling good about what we've done to this point, but we haven't done anything yet. We're still the team that nobody thought, you know, was going to even finish in the top six, or that, that nobody was giving a chance to uh, before this thing started. So you know, you can't 
you can't start uh, reading your own, you know, headlines and, and start listening to the people who are patting you on the back all the time. You got to stay focused on this group that we have and know where we came from, know what we've put in and where we're going and where we're trying to get to. And, and don't forget that. And so we've used that. Yeah. All, all year as, as a motivation um, technique and something that, you know, it worked to our advantage because this group, they, they stayed hungry and stayed motivated and focused um, for the entire year. And, and it's something that we need to continue. Uh, you know, we're not done yet. We still got a weekend, you know, big series with Michigan here this weekend. And then, you know, looking forward to the postseason, whatever is in store for us there. Yeah, let, let's get right to that. I mean, you guys haven't played Michigan since you you're, uh, you and Coach Bold and, and Coach Christie came over to Nebraska, but you're well aware that the last time a full college baseball season was played, they were the national runner-ups to, to Vanderbilt and Omaha. Um, what do you know about this Michigan team coming into Lincoln? You know they're obviously going to be hungry because they, they want to secure their regional spot up as well with a strong showing in Lincoln. Um, what does this team – look like maybe compared to two years ago when they were in Omaha almost winning a national championship? Yeah, they're, they're going to be rock solid and they're, they're a, a regional team for sure. They're going to be a lot like us. I think, you know, they like to run, they like to create some offense. They've got rock solid pitching. Um, and it's, it's going to be, you know, for us looking at this as a, um, you know, a, an opportunity to treat it just like, you know, a regional weekend or a super regional weekend, like you're going to face teams like this, just like we did last weekend. You know, we kind of did the same thing going into last weekend, knowing we had four games against two good teams that were going to throw their best guys at us. You know, we, we saw Indiana and, and Ohio State's number one and number two guys all weekend long, you know, and that's what you're going to see in the postseason from everybody, you know, and so um, – it, it was we did it kind of last weekend and we're using you know kind of doing the same thing this weekend um and knowing too that michigan still has a lot to play for so obviously the, the regular season championship you know is ours but they're they're going to come in hungry because they're going to try to be you know knocking us uh knocking us off um and and they're playing for you know potential regional seating here um you know are they seen as a as a three seed or a two seed and, and, you know, beating us would go a long way with their resume. So we're going to get their best shot and and we don't need to take a step back, um, you know, kind of now moving to the last regular season series, um, you know, just because we've already won the championship. um, It doesn't mean we don't have anything to play for. We need to keep playing good baseball and keep playing at a high level um, so that we're still, you know, playing our best baseball moving in, uh, to a regional, and so we've, we've got a great opportunity to do it against a really good Michigan team. We're talking to Nebraska baseball assistant coach Lance Harville here as the Huskers coming off their Big Ten championship weekend have one more home series left here on Memorial Day weekend. All three games are set for noon at Haymarket Park on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And, you know, w- knowing that you're already in the regional, I mean, does anything change at all? I mean, are you going to go with your regular Friday, Saturday, Sunday pitch counts and lineups this weekend uh, as you approach this series against the Wolverines? Uh, it could change a little bit. We were going back and forth with it today, um, you know, just kind of how we want to do it because you do have to make sure now um, that it's, it's kind of that, that fine line and that balancing act you have to play because, um, you know, it's not, we, we don't, we don't have to do certain things or keep it the same way. We have an opportunity if we want to this weekend to get some guys, um, you know, maybe some more innings or some more work or more at bats 
um, to get him a little bit more experience now moving into a regional. Uh, but at the same time, like I said, like these are still, you know, important games for us. Like we, we want to win these games. So it's not going to be a wholesale change on anything, um, you know, as far as what we've done, but we may try to get some guys, um, you know, some more innings and, and some more work because we've, we've had in the last couple of weekends had the luxury, um, of, you know, maybe some guys weren't as extended as they necessarily had to be, or, or we didn't, we only had to use a guy one time on a weekend versus two times or whatever. So, um, you know, you kind of have to play about of, of getting guys work that maybe haven't got to pitch or play as much the last week or two weeks um, versus, well, let's make sure that we're fresh uh, going into a regional. Uh, so that's kind of the the balancing act we're, we're having to play a little bit. So some of those things will come into, uh, you know, we'll go into the weekend with a, with a game plan. Um, but, you know, you still have to kind of coach with your, with your gut and make the decisions based on, um, you know, how the game is being played out and, and kind of what the situation is. So uh, there'll be kind of just a balancing act of that. So, so we'll have an idea of moving into the weekend of what we want to do, um, but still flexible enough uh, where that can change if we have to do something else to go win a ball game. And then finally, uh, it's, your, it's your last home weekend, um, obviously the biggest series of the year in terms of, of, of opponent coming into Lincoln as well. We're expecting big crowds there. Anything special you guys are going to do to – to kind of honor the conference championship since you didn't get to celebrate it in Lincoln yet um, with, with the three game series this weekend? Um, I don't know if there's, if there's plans to do that. I haven't, I haven't heard of them and I haven't, I haven't made them um, about <laughs> the only preparation for the weekend that I've been involved in is, is making sure uh, we've got our hitters hitting on all cylinders uh, that, that guys are fresh and ready to go. And we've got a good game plan. Um, for their pitching staff coming into the weekend. Anything outside of that, I, I'll I'll find out when it happens. Probably I'm usually uh, the last one <laughs> to know uh, with some of that, you know, extracurricular stuff. But uh, you know, I think for our guys though too, with just the I know the personality of our of our players and kind of what they're focused on and what's important to them. Um, you know, just just having a packed house and and the sea of red and and um, you know, the energy that they bring and, and people showing up to the ballpark. And um, that's that's kind of honoring them enough. Now, there may be more than that. Sure, I'm sure there'll be, you know, some kind of a trophy presentation, something like that, which will be pretty special, especially for the uh, for the seniors. Um, but our guys, they what's most important to them and what they love is just having a chance to, to play and get to go out there and do what they love. Um, which is which is play hard and and have fun doing it, you know. And I think that's you know kind of become the trademark of this team and what why people have you know really fallen in love with this with this uh, with this ball club is is because they can see that you know they just exude that the energy and the, the passion and the fun that they have playing for each other and playing for you know for the end on their chest. Um, it's it's fun to watch. So so just. People coming out, just that in itself, showing up to, to show the support and, and the love, that's, you know, that's gonna that's what truly is going to honor honor this team and what we've done to this point in the season. Um, but, yeah, I think there probably will be some kind of – I don't know the details of it, but I'm sure there will be some kind of trophy presentation or something where uh, where they'll be able to hoist that, hoist that 
conference championship trophy up um, for the fans. So that'll be that'll be pretty cool. Well, coach, it was almost twenty years ago, over twenty years ago, when uh, things got really hot with Nebraska baseball here, and it's fun to see you guys kind of recapturing that magic and and getting it back to when so many people in the state got on board and, and really got behind it and proud of the product on the field. So congratulations on the championship. I know I'll be out at Haymarket with my family on Friday. We're going to watch uh, the, the Friday game and looking forward to seeing you guys here go on to the regionals. Yeah, I can't wait. Thanks for having me on, Sean. Appreciate it. All right, Coach. Uh, much more to come. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show, as I teased uh, in the open, uh, Sean Callahan, Robin Washat. We're joined now in studio by a longtime friend of the program, Nebraska basketball assistant coach Matt Abdelmasi. And coach's segment is brought to you by one of our favorite places in town, Tanner Sports Bar and Grill on 31st and Yankee Hill. Uh, we know you're a big fan of the Tanner's Wings, so um, they're sponsoring our segment here today. So thank you to Tanner's. Yeah, thank you, Tanner's. Great place. They always hook me up on Sundays to watch. The New York Football Giants. Robin joins every now and then, and for better or worse. Yep, they join in uh, our misery typically, <laughs> and hopefully that can change this fall. Yeah, they don't mind two sad guys sitting at yeah, the table. Yeah, I always get weird looks. It's awesome when I'm wearing my Giants stuff with, you know, the Bears fan and the Vikings fan and the Chiefs fan, and I give my dirty look right back to them. <laughs> All right, well, Tanner Sports Bar and Grill, 30th and Yankee Hill. Let's get right down to it, guys. Uh, talking basketball here. Uh, it is the off season, kind of the calm before the June storm. But, Coach, you guys did make a new hire in the program this week. Uh, Shannon Lum is now um, the recruiting coordinator. It's a newly created position. Um, first of all, kind of break that down. What will the recruiting coordinator do? What yeah. does that change for your job now going forward? Um, well, I don't think it'll change too much ultimately, um, you know, due to a lot of rules. I mean, she has a lot of restrictions when it comes to recruiting, but where she's going to be integral in helping us is just from an organizational piece. The transfer portal has clearly changed the landscape of recruiting. Not that um, I haven't been locked in on transfers because it's somewhat made my entire career. The transfer portal has gotten so crazy and not really organized to have somebody that's locked in on that to create some type of organizational approach to it is going to be so beneficial for me in the program then just day-to-day -day activities that she'll help um, specifically certainly with game planning being a video coordinator being around the game for as long as she has certainly will be instrumental in that process and help uh, with operational stuff, jack of all trades. But uh, what I'm really excited about is maybe just trying to create a more creative organizational approach to attacking the transfer portal scene. So what was it about Shannon? I know obviously you and you know Luca worked with her yep. at St. John's, but you know what was the appeal for Fred to bring her on staff in this capacity? So I had discussed with Shannon just to see what her interest was a few months ago. She has a goal of trying to work in the NBA. And the path of coming to Nebraska, the selling point was, of course, being side-by-side -side with Fred Hoiberg, who 
can call anybody up in the league and they're going to respect his opinion. So that was that was one selling point for her. Um, you know, we had talked about trying to add a position that could somewhat separate us and where things are headed with college basketball. And where they're headed is name image likeness. Who knows what that's going to bring? To have somebody that's dedicated to understand the ins and outs, which she will diligently do as soon as that gets lifted off the ground. And, of course, the transfer portal stuff. So for me, I mean, so much of the spring is always dedicated to transfers. So this, it's not like my life has drastically changed because of the transfer portal stuff, but there's some really good players that get lost mm-hmm. through the cracks. There just is. You know, I'm locked in on the 7 to 10 guys that there's relationships with and you know, confidently can always get two or three of them. But what happens if there's that one dude that just falls through the cracks that maybe you could have had if there was a more creative or, or you know organized approach to it? And I think that's going to be something that's big and something that me and Fred spoke a lot about over the course of the last two, three months. And you know, luckily, when you have a guy like Fred Hoiberg who's progressive enough to do something like this, it's just huge. It's huge for the university, our program, but overall just the sport. There's not many females that are working on the men's basketball side in college, and uh, let alone at the Power Five, and let alone that are Asian American. So I think it's an absolutely huge day to celebrate, um, to see where things are at and, and how they're evolving in our sport is, is awesome. And to do it here in Lincoln speaks volume to, uh, to Fred and, and his way of thinking. We're talking to Nebraska basketball assistant coach Matt Abdelmasi here in studio as we talk offseason coaching and things are going to pick up on the basketball front here big time in June uh, with the start of visits and workouts. Uh, AAU stuff won't be till July, uh, but give the fans just a rundown of what your June is going to look like because we know it's going to be very busy. Just like the football guys, it's going to be just as busy too. Yeah, so 21 of the 30 days in June we will have some – prospect on campus which is an insane amount of days um when they told us june 1st was going to be the date i already had worked on setting visits up with the assumption that we were going to open things up and uh, as soon as they made that official just hit the ground running trying to lock up visits we feel very very happy about where we're at with the momentum we've created from a recruiting standpoint going into the summer the kids that we have visiting um, are all priorities of ours and have been for a long period of time. And to get commitments from them to visit is huge. Um, and then, listen, on top of it, when you have all the new players, all the returners coming back next weekend, you know, it adds to the level of chaos that it's going to create. But we are uh, overly excited to have our team back. Um, to have the new guys move to Lincoln, um, the excitement there is is through the roof. And then, yeah, of course, the, the month of June to showcase what we have to offer and this uh, program and university have to offer is, is going to be huge. So this is kind of a general question about scheduling visits. I mean, obviously, that, that first weekend, you have multiple high-level guys coming in. Mm-hmm. Is there a strategy that you guys have as far as when to schedule guys? Do you, like, try to pair players up like to say well hey five star here's another five star that visiting maybe you guys could talk about nebraska together you know i wish there was there's really no exact science to it because 
if a kid tells you, well, I want to be the first visit and you have another kid committed to that weekend, it's not like you can turn down kids. I've always gone with the mindset that um, if a kid wants to visit, you know, he's going to call the shots on when that's going to be. Of course, you can give him input on what works for you, but ultimately they're the ones that are going to dictate when that does work for them and their families. But, um, you know, ultimately for us, it's whether we have two, three, four, I mean, we've had four kids on an official visit. I think with the team of people that we have on our staff, we are able to manage it really well. Uh, fortunately for me, I kind of thrive in that chaos. Um, I've had plenty of weekends where we've had a lot of kids visit and as long as you're organized and have a plan, it works out really well because of course, when they are visiting, it is about that kid and you could interrupt the momentum you've created if you don't do it the right way, because mm -hmm. if you're showing love to one kid versus the other, that could be a source of contention and they mm -hmm. cross you off the list. So you have to be very delicate with it. Luckily, I've had a lot of experience with that, so we'll, we'll be fine. Uh, the other kind of top news of topic uh, over the last week or so was uh, Wilhelm. You know, Wilhelm Breidenbach, yep. he suffered that torn meniscus in his yep. knee, ends his high school season. I guess, and I know there's some questions about the, the degree of severity with that, because yeah. obviously meniscus, it can be a couple weeks or right. it could be more than that. I mean, do you, do you have an update on just where that stands and how that's going to impact his situation as far as right. you know, getting here in, in uh, the off-season program? So as of now, he's 100% arriving uh, next weekend, just like all the newcomers. He has actively um, seen numerous doctors and consulted with them, and the optimism is very high that it's not a major injury whatsoever. He is currently rehabbing it and strengthening the knee and areas around it to see how it reacts. So far, the reaction's been very positive. Um, so we don't know whether he'll need surgery or not. We're holding out optimism that maybe there'll be enough rehab that he can do and strengthening during that process where he can avoid it. But he will arrive in Lincoln, and um, you know, fortunately seems like maybe we've dodged a bullet um, when it comes to the injury. But you know, regardless, you never want an injury, but if there was a time, this is the time period where you can focus on your health and get right. A kid like that, if he is going to be sidelined for you know four to six weeks, it's a great opportunity then to focus on his body and just overall physicality and uh, enhancing his uh his physicality and, and getting stronger and gaining weight. So I would assume that if he does need surgery, you would want him to do it here. Um, well, you know, that ultimately that's going to be up to him and his dad. Um, you know, we're going to be supportive with whatever. I mean, he comes from clearly an area where there's high level doctors. We are very right, confident right. that our people here can treat him and, and help him recover and, and, uh, perform a successful surgery. But at the end of the day, that's something if, if, there is surgery that's need to be needed to be done. We'll have that discussion and uh, certainly be supportive of whatever decision works for for him and his dad. Okay. All right, we're gonna pick this back up and uh, we're gonna air another part with Coach Abdomasi next week. So, um, Coach, we appreciate you yeah, joining us absolutely. here this week, and uh, we're gonna pick this up and 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 have another conversation here next week. But uh, when we come back, um, we are going to delve into the mailbag as we'll take your questions next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. 
Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. It's been a great show, Robin. Uh, we had Matt Aldamasi in studio. We heard from Lance Harville from Nebraska Baseball. And now Greg Peterson and Abby Barmore join us here in studio as it's time for the mailbag. We got the whole crew in on this as uh, we take your questions on several different topics. Abby is going to open up the mailbag. Abby, where do you want to start us off at today? All right, here we go. Compared to other teams across Power 5, how does our recruiting compare as far as planning and organization? I mean, I think it's as good as it can be. I think what's different about Nebraska's recruiting operation is they're one of the only schools in America, maybe other than like a Notre Dame and somewhat Tennessee, that recruits California, that recruits Texas, that recruits Florida. Very few places recruit everywhere and Nebraska is one of them and Greg you can attest to this I mean you've covered Nebraska recruiting and recruiting a long time I mean it's it just it's you can be organized but they have so much ground to have to stay organized on yeah I think it's if you compare it to a lot of other programs like around here um, you might see the whole coaching staff uh, head over to a camp or something like that um, Nebraska they got to split things up and uh, send a couple of guys to one state and a couple of guys to another state so it's kind of unique for that Nebraska coaching staff and I think that that means that they kind of have to be uh, more of a, a recruiting team um, as far as uh, a coaching staff so that they get a chance to cover everything all right what do you got next did you listen to Adrian Martinez first podcast episode if first if so thoughts and is Adrian paving the way for recruits to come to Nebraska on the verge of NIL issues being settled? So I didn't get a chance to listen to the whole thing. I just caught a bit of it. I just haven't had a carved out drive. I will be driving to Omaha for something. So that might be my drive to Omaha listening material here coming up to get caught up on the whole thing. But yeah, I do think there's something there. In fact, I won't get too into it, but you know, Robin and I have had people potentially you know, reach out to us for, you know, to do something with that with our equipment here at Husker Online. So I, I do think you're going to see a lot more of it. And, and we might be involved, Robin, very soon on some of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a logical first step into this type of thing where, you know, podcasts are easy to do and it allows players to connect straight to the fan base without having to go through a third party with, you know, an interview and they don't have to worry about their quotes getting taken out of context or anything like that. So they actually have, you know, it's, it's an, an outlet for them to have full control of their message and also being able to brand themselves and their personality as people and personalities and ju not just, uh, you know, players on the field and on the court. I think you can compare it straight to professional sports. Uh, they're just getting, getting a little bit in on it early and, um, it's just going to help them down the road as, as professionals as well. And this changes the whole landscape of, of college athletics as we move forward. And you guys are NFL fans more than I am. And like you're a Bears fan, Greg. Do, doesn't the Bears quarterback always have his own radio show in yeah. Chicago? And, and I mean, that, that's just a thing. Like where Absolutely. you make money and have your own show at a bar. And I mean, I don't know how much money those guys do it. But it's very common, I know, in the NFL for yeah. at least the quarterback and maybe a really – 
talented player to have his own type of show. Yeah, so there's only a few people that can really command much of a presence on that. I mean, Adrian Martinez is obviously one of them. Uh, you know, Lexi Sun probably could do something to that vein to where, I mean, you have to be a high-profile enough athlete and celebrity to get people to actually, like, care about what you want to say. So, I mean, it's, it's not going to be, like, you know, some third-string linebacker is going to have a podcast. But, you know, for certain players, you know, this, this could be a nice opportunity to start this NIL stuff. All right, what do you have next? Would you guys say that Henrich Harburg is a better, in a better position than Adrian was as a freshman? And if that is the case, and everybody loved the freshman version of Adrian, should we really be that concerned about quarterback depth? Um, I think one of the reasons why Nebraska has chosen not to go transfer portal is because of Heinrich Harburg and, and what he has shown. At this stage in the spring, he's got a better arm than Adrian Martinez did. There's no doubt. Adrian Martinez was coming off major shoulder surgery as a senior in high school, didn't play until the Under Armour All-American Bowl after his senior year. That was his only game he played a part of. So, I, you know, when he first got here, I'll be honest, I remember watching some spring practice at some different things and you kind of knew his arm wasn't quite there. So, yeah, I think Harburg has a stronger arm. Um, he's just, I mean, might be a step slower, but Harburg as a freshman, guys, was an 11-1 guy as a freshman in high school, electronic in the 100. So he's got pretty dang good speed and athletic ability. He's obviously just very raw. Yeah, athleticism isn't the issue whatsoever. He's got the build, the arm strength, the speed, and, and everything you're looking for. He's just young. I mean, he went through his first 15 collegiate practices this spring. And uh, to his credit, he showed a lot more than I think many people expected. I thought I think a lot of people thought it was Logan Smothers uh, as kind of the, the no-brainer number two. But Heinrich definitely made a vault up there to where you could make the case that he is the front runner for that top backup spot. So I think they're in a situation where if it needs to be like a, a couple series or maybe finish a game with Adrian out, I think they're going to be just fine at quarterback. But then – if it takes uh, had, takes over something where he has to play significant games, that's when it's going to be a bigger question just because of that inexperience with both those guys. Well, <clears throat> Heinrich also, I've seen a lot of quarterbacks play high school football, and I've never seen one line up at, as the gunner. Um, <laughs> crazy stuff. And he that, started at corner. And he started at corner when they needed him to. So, yeah, that, that athleticism, athleticism is there. Uh, I've seen it. Um, but I think the biggest difference is – when Adrian Martinez was coming in here, people were comparing him to Mackenzie Milton. Um, Heinrich doesn't have to worry about that right now. He doesn't have any of that pressure on him. Um, so right now, he's in that driver's seat to take over this job when Adrian leaves. So there's a big difference there. You know Harburg has compared himself to when I asked him that? He, he says, I kind of go after a Justin Herbert type guy. That's that's the model or mold that he tries to be in. Kind of fits his stature a little bit more. He's a mm -hmm. bigger quarterback. Right. I mean, I wouldn't compare him to <laughs> Mackenzie Milton at all. And I think just because he's got the, that prototype quarterback body and then the yep. arm, with it, he's got a cannon, man. Oh, he does. It, it's amazing. And, and with – the biggest difference right now is the weapons that he has to throw to. Um, you know, he didn't have anything at Kearney Catholic. I, those guys were all, like, under six foot. Um, now he's got monsters that he can throw it to. So there's going to be a big difference here when he starts to uh, get some playing time. All right, we got time for maybe two, three more questions, Abby. What do you have next? Any names to keep an eye on right now as potential pickups in the portal? Um, I, I, I think corner is where they're they're looking still. I mean, every – offer or follow that has been made has been in the secondary as of late um, so I know from a consensus from the staff that is the key priority other than that they've been pretty careful and it wouldn't surprise me if they held one back because if you don't use your 24th 
or 25th spot, you can kick it forward until the next year. And it, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Nebraska just said, you know what, we're going to sit at 24 and we'll take 26 next year. So uh, we will see anything, guys, any more on that? All right, let's get to the next question. What do you got? What would you say is the current state of the program, recruiting, development, staff, what's top notch and what's not up to par? Yeah, I mean, that's like a two-hour special on HBO. Um, we, we might How many to, segments do we have here? Um, but, yeah, the, the bottom line, I mean, the, the short answer, guys, is, I mean, it's not where it needs to be. And, and I, I think Scott Frost has been given a few mulligans maybe that previous coaches haven't gotten because people believe in him and, and what he's about and what he's going to do. And I think they've shored up the lines. I think they've got the receiver position corrected. Um, I do really like the recruiting class they signed last year. So there's a lot to be optimistic about, but um, it's about wins. I mean, that's really all it is. Yeah. And so all those things are better than where they were when Scott Frost took over, but it's taken longer than anyone would have hoped to get those things better. And they've been incrementally better each year. So yeah, I mean, what does that mean though? Everything's better on the surface, but if it doesn't translate to wins, it doesn't mean a single thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, you could make the case the program is better than when Scott Frost took over, but clearly the, the, uh, the performance on the field has not translated to show that. And winning cures all. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden, your recruiting looks better when you're right. going to bowl games. And they recruit at a high level. Don't don't try to get us wrong. I mean, they're a consistent top 25 recruiting class, but it just hasn't translated out on the field yet. And I think the biggest uh, thing that people keep thinking about is when Scott Frost got here and he said that the Big Ten was going to have to adjust to uh, that, <laughs> that has proven to be uh, very, very uh, wrong. Um, it just took them a while to figure out that we need to adjust to the Big Ten. Um, we need to change our, our, our bodies. We need to get uh, a lot more uh, bodies in here and and be able to compete at a different type of a, a league than Central Florida and, and Oregon. All right, final question, Abby Barmore. What do you have? All right, so Memorial Day is coming up. Uh, what's on the grill for you guys? Well, it's generally a Traeger oh. weekend oh. Uh, for, for me and – Everyone's shaking their head, and the, in the, in the, you know what, what bums me out. We will have Nebraska baseball on TV against Michigan, but normally you'd have the Big Ten tournament that would run all Memorial Day weekend. Even um, championship game was on Sunday always, but it was just like, all right, I'm going to have my beer and stuff on the trigger and Big Ten baseball on all day while I'm outside and my kids are swimming or on the slip and slides and whatnot. So we will get baseball this weekend. Um, but yeah, definitely some steaks, um, you know, maybe some ribs. I've got to hit up Costco and decide what I'm going to go with. Yeah. They'll be like your typical burger hot dogs for the kids because they don't care for for me i'm gonna cook up for at least one day we're definitely doing steaks then i'm thinking about maybe doing a whole chicken Mm. all right because it's easy and it tastes Mm. really good and you can do a lot of things with it so chicken and steaks i got a whole bone in pork butt going on the smoker first thing let's go Uh, yeah um pulled pork baby uh it's been a while haven't had my smoker going yet uh, since the weather turns so uh, looking forward to that All right. Well, Abby, thank you again, Greg. Uh, Thanks for coming in here. Uh, When we come back, we'll close the show. Brian Munson will join me as we'll talk Nebraska recruiting. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. 
This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan uh, talking recruiting here. Final segment as our recruiting analyst, Brian Munson, joins us on the phone. Brian, as we're just trying to get the chess pieces in order here, as we know really the name of the game uh, for the next month is going to be organization and kind of getting an idea of what the recruiting board is, who's coming into town. Uh, This will be the first time Nebraska will have hosted unofficial and official visitors since January of 2020. So there's just a lot of moving parts, and it's going to be that way uh, for quite a while. Absolutely. I mean, it it is pretty wild. Like, we've been going through the steps of, you know, trying to figure out if uh, there were guys coming in for, for summer camps or they were getting these individual evaluation workouts. The difficulty here, it's like there's kind of a lost in translation, you know, kind of thing going on, too, because they're telling me camp and then it's like I've got to kind of pull it out of them to figure out if it's actually like Friday Night Lights or if it's an individual camp and they're going, no, 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 it's an individual evaluation. It's a personal invite. And I go, okay, they're in the other bucket, you know, and so you can kind of you got to kind of get it out of them a little bit to figure out what it is they're actually uh, there to do. I thought the one really interesting thing last night, Sean, was that I was trying to, you know, confirm some other guys and we, we got some things coming up here in three and out tomorrow on Wednesday. And then we've got a, another one that I confirmed uh, that's not going to be part of that story and Kale Crow and offensive lineman from Iowa. But the interesting thing is, is I asked mo- multiple players that are on the list of guys that we have confirmed, and they don't know what they're <laughs> what they're being asked to do yet. Like I've asked them, like, well, what do you? What's like? What are you anticipating doing? Is it is it height, weight, measures? Is there any drills? Are there any one on one stuff? And they're like, don't know. Just gonna do my best. And it's, it was just so wild to kind of hear those guys say that. Yeah, it will be interesting too, Brian, because. Obviously, guys without offers are for sure going to work out, but I get the sense a lot of guys with offers as well are going to go through workouts because these coaches have not been able to go to games, have not been able to go see these kids work out on high school grounds. Um, so they need to learn a lot, not only about the guys they haven't offered yet, uh, but you know some of these guys coming, and particularly even quarterbacks um, that will be hitting campus here right away in June. I, I agree. I think you, you and I talked about it, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if they had Torres out there at least throwing the ball around just to kind of get a sense for of what they're kind of looking at and how he kind of looks and just seeing how things go. I, I You know, one of the guys that we confirmed also that will be then for an individual workout but not for an official visit necessarily is – is um and who has an offer he he has an offer and and so it's kind of brought up this other level of uh this other little layer of kind of complexity to the whole thing so you've got guys that are trying to propel themselves into potentially getting an offer you've got some guys that you're bringing in that are offered on on official visits you maybe you want to take a little look at to see what's kind of going on with them and then you've got guys that are probably outside of that take window right now that are just a little bit further down your list they were an offer guy but if they called you up tomorrow and said they wanted in the class and you've got another couple three guys coming in in the month of june for official visits that you would take in front of them you just couldn't imagine taking them right now maybe they're coming in to try to work themselves into a position you know because they feel like they're undervalued and that they can they can improve their stock with the team so there's 
seems to be about three buckets, at least anyway, that I think that we're kind of seeing the guys fitting into that, that will potentially be working out for Nebraska. Well, and Brian, we released, and, and we're going to do this every Tuesday, by the way, on Husker Online, um, a new feature that we felt was necessary um, to, just to keep the picture painted clear every week. Um, we're going to release a big board on offense, then a big board on defense. So every other week it will be one or the other, and and this past week you came out with our offensive big board, and I'll be honest, Brian, I think a lot of people were surprised that there weren't maybe more four-star-ish type guys on the board, and I said in our chat this week, look, I mean, that can change pretty quickly. I think we're going to learn so much in June, but I do think there are a lot of questions about the big picture right now of that offensive recruiting board. I totally agree with you. I think, number one, you're only really talking about one four-star quarterback when typically we're talking about two or three, you know, that Nebraska's kind of down to. It's the first guy typically in the class. And it's, it just does, that board does not look that way this year. Um, I know that there's a number of other guys out there that when things start to get moving, I mean, we went through this last year, there's going to be some COVID dead period, making early commitment fallout. And it's not going to have, I think that, decommitment type of, uh, uh, you know, angle or the the quantities, I guess, is what we saw last year. I don't think it's going to quite have the quantities maybe that we're, that we're going to, you know, that we saw, but there's going to be a number of them because they just, they've jumped in. You look at how some of these programs are off to these terrific starts. And it's just because a lot of other schools have, they're waiting for this month of June to kind of entice them to say, we want these kids to kind of look around like, look at Mike, Mike tonight, you know, brings up the story about this, about this, this Nick Campbell from Florida. He just jumps in all of a sudden. We don't really know anything about him, to be honest with you, before this, before the story kind of came up. So I I think that there's going to be some things that are going to kind of pop up and some guys are going to go take some looks around. Like we're, we're tracking the quarterback from Florida state that, that's, that committed ahead of NJ Morris, the first guy in their class is going to take some looks I think Nebraska is going to be able to get some guys on there that have been either committed someplace and walking away from it and taking a look around subsequently afterward to make sure they're making the right decision. Very similar to, of course, kind of like last year. So I, I think some of that stuff is going to kind of pop up again. It's just not going to be in the same quantities that we saw last year. Well, and I mean, how many offers is I'm putting you on a spot here, but I mean, it's usually about two to 300 offers for sure. Nebraska has at this point in a recruiting cycle, correct? Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's more than that. I want to say it was north of 350. I was kind of toying around in there, but I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. So, yeah, you're north of 350. That net is so wide. There are just so many unknown things that could come through, and, and that that's just what happens with the approach Nebraska takes. So that's what intrigues me, Brian, the most about this next month because I do think there's going to be a lot of things that happen that maybe we didn't know about. And, and that's just going to happen when you have that many offers out without coaches being able to go on the road. There's just going to be so many other things that pop up that I think we're all going to be surprised by. Yep, absolutely. And I just pulled the uh, pulled the number for you. It was 362, so we were we were absolutely dead on. And, and I completely and totally agree with you. I think there's some guys out there that – you know, look at um, look at the wide receiver commitment Jones that you know kind of came out of left field for us. We had some guys like that last season that kind of came out of left field, like Branson Yeager. I think we all looked at each other and said, "What? Like, what is going on?" So, 
Um, I think that there could be some more guys that could potentially just not even be on our big board right off our radar that Nebraska is in tremendous, a tremendous position with. And all of a sudden they're either coming in for a, a very uh, quick, short, short kind of interval official visit. Like nobody really knows about it or they just jump in the class. So nothing's going to surprise me at this moment. I think things are going to be very, very wild come, come the month of June. And, you know, Brian, we, we have a good idea on the quarterback board as we wrap it up here as MJ Morris has been here and it, we kind of get the feel they're holding him off. Richard Torres comes later at the beginning of June. I'll tell you the one that intrigues me, though, is um, A.J. Bianco out of Honolulu, St. Louis. Um, you know, there's a lot of history of the staff in Hawaii. They get a lot of respect there, going all the way back to Marcus Mariota, then Mackenzie Milton. He's kind of the wild card on this board um, that, you know, nobody's been able to see. And, you know, what, what happens if he wants to commit or look at Nebraska? How will they play that? That's one, as I look at this board on offense, A.J. Bianco, the quarterback out of Honolulu, really intrigues me. Yeah, and, and uh, you know it was it was really tough to be fair to the quarterback board. I'm giving Torres the the slightest of edges when it comes to our quarterback board in our first initial installment, just because Torres is the first guy that's going to come in for an official visit the very first weekend. So next weekend he'll be the first guy in. MJ has already been there. Then you're looking at of course of Connor Connor Harrell and then AJ Bianco. But I, we really called it two A two B two C, and I would tell you that I think the that the that the actual spread there between those four guys, it's pretty non-existent. I think those guys are incredibly close. I think that Nebraska has a preference when it comes to the order, and I, I think that we would agree that MJ Morris is not at the top of that list. Um, but I think Nebraska needs to do a little bit of due diligence here to kind of figure out whether or not their prioritization is right, and I think it starts with Torres in, in June. So after that, it's going to get really interesting. To your point, I think – Bianco, if he decides that, that it's the right thing for him to do to go ahead and try to get in, it's going to get really complicated, obviously, when you start talking about a guy that's in Hawaii that wants to commit and send them there for an official visit. Obviously, there's a desire to get those guys on campus to make sure that, you know, that there's nothing that, that lines up that, that's going to end up, you know, backfiring and cause a kid to, to back away from a commitment. So there's going to be a desire, obviously, to try to get him in as soon as possible, you know, if that's, if that's, what's, if that's the case there. And I like Bianco. I really do. I, I think I think Harrell is a really accurate passer. I think it's no doubt that Richard Torres, to me, has the, the, the biggest arm out of the whole entire group. And Morris is just, you know, he's a polished guy. But, I mean, it's just you kind of wonder where the feeling is at with him by in comparison to the other three guys that potentially are on that board. Well, lots to keep up with. It's only going to get busier as we head into the month of June. Make sure you're on HuskerOnline.com and also, obviously, well, full coverage this weekend as well of the Nebraska baseball series against Michigan. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.